Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Get Geek Podcast, where we celebrate geek, nerd, and pop culture. Each week, we deliver the best analysis for fans, by fans, on anything related to movies, TV, video games, comics, anime, and manga. We talk geek. And now, here's the Get Geek Podcast. What is up, y'all? Denizens of the internet. Welcome to the Get Geek Podcast. Welcome to yet another fantastic episode. I am Jose. This is AJ. Eli. And this is Multiverse Miles. Ah, damn it, I Walt. forgot again. Jesus Christ. <laughs> What'd you forget? I want to do I, I like doing those those cool title names. I keep forgetting uh, to do it. Specific to the episode? Uh, well it's specific to the specific to the episode, specific to what we're talking about, yeah. Yeah. So uh, well you yeah. drop the ball on this one. You're gonna have to do it on the next episode and every following episode after that if you really, really want to get into it. Make a note of yeah. it for yourself, put it on the screen. And then next time when we do an intro, you got to jump into that with a little bit more enthusiasm. Anyways, anyways, what is up, y'all? How's everybody doing today on this Sunday afternoon? About a good on Sunday morning. Jeez, feels like it's later than it is, I guess. Yeah, especially after all the, the issues we had prior to this thing. Yeah. Technical difficulties. Technical, Technical difficulties. difficulties. Anyways, right, let's, let's 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 jump get into geekness. Into it, yeah. Uh, first off, we'll do the audio disclaimers this week because we are recording remotely, and I am using some AirPods to record this week. I'm not AirPods. using a microphone; I'm using some Apple AirPods. Plug Apple. Um, so, if there are any sound issues or artifacts, as we always say, slide into our DMs. Let us know what's up. Let us know how you feel about it. Let us know what you think of the episodes of the podcast and any feedback you have. And of course, the West Bay, the West Bay. The best way to support your favorite podcast crew is to like, rate, share, and subscribe. Check us out on all your favorite social media platforms. Look for us, hashtag GetGeekPodcast, hashtag GetGeekNews. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Discord, everywhere. Just about everywhere. And, of course, you if go. you're listening to this episode, please <laughs> rate us on Apple Podcasts. That is an awesome way to support the crew. So what are you all laughing about back there? I'm done with my spiel. What's going on? What are you doing? I'm so sorry, but just we're, we're, we have NFL game day morning on the background, and there is a very, very strange person oh, God. Um, in a black and gray raven wannabe Ravens. Oh, I, I don't God. even. How would you describe that? What the hell is this crap? No, what the hell, bro? I, I, I just can't. some deranged madman just. Is it a fan? Oh, it's just bad. No, I think I think it's part of the it's really part of the not. segment that they're doing because they're they're doing the Ravens, but it's just it's very very weird. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a quick screenshot and send it to you through Telegram so you can Raven see man, Raven man, Raven man, Raven man. Odd as you can get. But anyway, you know what? Our episode this today is, has some Ravens. Yeah, it's it very, seen. very disjointed today because, um, you know, we're supposed to be geeking out on stuff and we're, we keep trending back to the NFL one way or another. <laughs> yeah, just, I'm not geeking out, you know about, what? out about the NFL. I refuse. It's the worst. Yeah, it, 
It, it's a very, it's a very, very weird Sunday morning here today. That looks like uh, truth from. Oh no, that looks like gluttony from Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. It's what the like, hell? It is, it is very, very bad. And the dude, the dude, dude is awesome. wearing. Yeah, and face. the dude is wearing brown <laughs> leggings. Oh How is that a raven? Leggings. It has what is it? Has it's cyclops. What? It's got actually no, those are supposed to be feathers, believe oh, it or no, not. It's a triclops, Bro, I'm sorry. <laughs> not for nothing, I hate to put it this way, but like Michael Irvin is on this episode. If I were him, I would be offended because those look like the crows from like Dumbo or something like that. That that's mm. very, very bad. And for he's those wearing... of you who know the crows from Dumbo, oh boy. Yeah, I know. <sighs> he's wearing anyway. brown leggings on top of that. So <laughs> I, I just can't. Let's 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 oh, really let's, yeah let's let's keep going. Who who wants to start? Let's do some geek outs to begin with. Let's start there. Can somebody jump in? Because I don't know what to geek out about after that madness. It's not going to be about Dumbo. Oh All right. So in the me. vein, in the vein of madness, why don't we go into what's bizarre? Huh? Mm-hmm. See what I did there? Oh, I'm pretty sure it would be the opposite though. I guess they oh, bizarre are talking madness. about that. So, I am very close to finished with it. I have, like, what, one or two episodes left? But I have been watching (gasps) part five. Yes, part five of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Golden Wind. Is that the new new, um, episodes that dropped on Netflix? Yes, and then they're going to come out with part six sometime soon, I believe, right? Oh, really? Yeah. So it's, it's a quick turnaround then, right? It seems like, because what it was just a few months ago when they released the previous part, and we talked yeah. about it on the podcast, and now they released this one, and then you have the next one coming out soon. But I gather, AJ, it's probably because the, the manga is way, 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 way. Oh, ahead. yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's yeah. a lot of material for them to jump on. You know, and plus, I think, yeah, the Japanese versions of these are have all been out for a while. This is just them releasing the English dubs, if I'm not mistaken, on Netflix. Yeah. So, yeah, it's. it's but I've been watching the sub. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of it so far? It honestly surprised me. I mean, awesome. I should know. I should know better because I like JoJo's to begin with. But I don't know. Ever since part three with um, Diamond is Unbreakable, I was kind of like, okay, so you did some interesting things here, but you never really opened up on it and so that kind of was that was kind of a turnoff for me Mm. part four you get what part three did well because it did do things well i mean sorry not part three part four but part four Mm. did well that's diamond is unbreakable Mm -hmm. it did what part four did well which was kind of having like these sort of slice of life type episodes it did that but it also went and did the expanding I was looking for. And it kind of takes it to a, a kind of weird place, in my opinion, because, you know, stands are, are spiritual type things, right? But it kind of, there's a new, a new kind of element thrown in there that kind of like, I'm not going to say throws it for a loop, um, and I'm not going to spoil it for those who haven't seen it yet, but like, I don't know, it's just... It's not bad, but it's kind of like, huh, okay, I did not expect that to really be the origin of stands. But, hey, I mean, I still 
I still enjoy it. I mean, the ending. Yeah. I still have to get to the ending, but I'm at the final fight, and bro, <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's good. Uh, just, good just two. Yeah. Well, I was no, gonna say, sorry, I feel go like on. they didn't flesh out those those stands and what the heck they were. They just showed up. They're like, Hamon power is no longer a thing, and now it stands, and just deal with it. So that's a shame. If, I love. Yeah, Hamon if they power. explain that. If they explain still that, still have to complete cool. the first season. What's that? Oh my gosh! But yeah, yeah um, no, he's talking oh, about yeah. me. Oh, okay, okay. Because yeah, I, yeah. I haven't, I haven't gone past the first season, so. Um, yeah, I'm closing so in on much the end more. of the So I'm but close I, to I, getting I, to the next. I part. did like the Hamons. Those, those were, those were super cool, super crazy. Hamon con oh, queso. Yeah, yeah that was good stuff. There you go. <laughs> What's his name? Yeah. Uh, Zeppelin. No, Zeppeli. Baron, Baron Zeppeli. Zeppeli. Yeah, Baron Zeppeli. Oh, yeah, bro. <laughs> and Stroheim. Oh, the Stroheim. Nazi hero, Stroheim. Bro, that was oh, insane, God. bro. <laughs> That's why it's bizarre. It's yeah, very bizarre. Yeah, it's very bizarre. Continue. Absolutely. Continue. Baby. Yeah, so I got to say, I actually really like, I, I was kind of, uh, so here's the thing. Dio is arguably one of the best villains in uh in what's it JoJo's pretty much right yeah. am i right yeah yep yeah. yeah. right? sure Dio. but i got to say part 5's villain run at least for me kind of runs close to Dio. Mm. it's not all the way there it's not all the way there i'm going to give you that i don't know but I, I really like the the villain for part five. I don't know. No, nah, Dio is Dio is still I didn't I never said he eclipsed yeah, Dio. Yeah, I, I know, I know. But him. all I'm saying is that D, nobody can beat Dio. Dio is just Well He's in a league of his own. Technically bro. No, I'm not talking in terms of power level. No. I'm talking in terms of like awesomeness. Yeah. Awesomeness, all right, bro. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, Dio Brando. I'm just saying, Dio Brando. Part five, the guy comes close. Mm, I don't know. I don't know, bro. Yeah, and so apart from that, I gotta finish it. It's so good. <laughs> I've been binging it. It's so good. Okay. Yeah, and uh, just to kind of wrap things up, this will kind of be a short aside, and then someone can go next. I've actually finished. Far Cry Six this time, the real way. The real way. The okay. Wait, for real? Just, yeah. Is it short? Mass murder. It, well, see, here's the thing. Well, it's, he remember that had that secret, secret ending yeah. in the like oh first two minutes, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so it's only short, and it only seems short because a, it's been the only thing I do when I get on Xbox. First of all, second of all, I'm playing. Remember, I'm playing the story-oriented mode. If I were playing the actual difficulty gameplay-oriented mode, I'd be taking a lot longer with this. Hmm. But I was okay. playing the the story-oriented mode, so that's why it seems, even though I beat it in two days technically, that's why it seems that even after a couple. Well, it's been like a month of playing, practically. That's pretty. That's pretty long. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. What What do you think? That's maybe about forty hours worth of content, give or take, because that that is a pretty decently long uh, campaign if you if you think about it. 
Yeah. It's not Skyrim level where it's like what you need oh. like 80, 100 hours to beat. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. But but 30 to 40 hours is still a pretty significant um yeah. time for a campaign. So oh, yeah. yeah. And as always, the endings are <laughs> gut punches, my God. Like you you can never win yes. in a Far Cry game. You really never can. It's always uh-huh. it's always the bad choice and the worst choice. <laughs> Whoa, like, I like that. And then this one is just—I'm not. I'm, it's okay. Quote: uh, Don't don't get me wrong. It's a great ending for a game, at least story-wise. But like, in terms of, I kind of wanted things to turn out better. No, no. It's, it's bad. And the only thing I'm going to say on that is Castillo's a bastard. Steals oh, yeah. a bastard. Does does, does this does. Far Cry? I know the other Far Cries haven't truly been interconnected, right? No. Does this set up like a Far Cry Seven that's like a sequel to it, or is this the no, end of the story? This is the end of Yana's story. Okay, I see. Okay. I mean, the only way it's actually going to be interconnected is that Voss is eventually going to appear in the game. Mm. Because at the very end... That's a DLC, right? Uh, is he a DLC, I think? Yes. He's been, on, he's been on Instagram a lot, too. The actor that played him, Michael Mando, posting mm. a lot about the character again. So that's a, a big old hint that he'll be returning in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And then in like an end credit scene, there was kind of like a, an exchange between one of the main characters and his character. So it's like, oh, Okay. So there may be the next game, a very small, um, connective tissue well, to Far Cry Six. I mean, it's possible. Connection. Well, you know what? Actually, I'm gonna take that back. They are all interconnected for the most part, kind of. I don't know about um, what Sorry. was it four, mm-hmm. but at least in terms of like Far Cry Three. And Far Cry Five, because I'm pretty sure this guy showed up. There's like a CIA agent that always shows up to like ah, okay. help the main character at some point in the story. Mm-hmm. So he was at least, from what I remember, he was in three and five. Or no? Okay. So Which they one? loosely, loosely, loosely connect because there's a character. She's he's kind of like Night Nurse in the Netflix yeah, Marvel you series. Think of it right? that way. That that she shows up in like all the all the um all the shows and she kind of connects everything together in a sense. Or right? no, it, better better Turk. Hey, oh, yeah. Turk. Turk, is, Turk, Turk is a Turk. Good thing, you know. Turk yeah. is amazing, but yeah, that. Let me just double check that. No, okay, sorry. So Far Cry Four is the game I was thinking of. For some reason, I always flip those two. It's weird. Okay. But basically, yeah, Far Cry 6, at least for me, was a very enjoyable experience with a story that I expected to punch me in the gut. It punched me in the gut. It did what it was supposed nice. to be. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. All right, bro. I'm going to go real quick because I have – it feels like I haven't been on this podcast in like a decade. It really has. I know we took a week mm-hmm. last off, you know, a week off last week. Um. But it feels like I haven't really been on this podcast in a bit. So, um, and I think it shows in the kind of stuff that I have because 
I I actually have had time to geek out over six different things. But I'm going to be real, real quick. Okay. Three of them, interestingly, are Apple TV shows, and three of them are Netflix shows. Okay. Um, the the Apple TV shows that I've been watching is Foundation. I finally finished Foundation season two. Um, I mean, season one, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, Foundation is a very, very interesting thing for Apple TV because it's quite obvious they spend a lot and I mean a lot of money on this show. This is a show that's based on an Isaac Asimov sci-fi novel, um, one of the classics out there. I also believe this is one that they said that, you know, you've heard this phrase before with a lot of different science f- fiction projects. It's unfilmable, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, Foundation is not the type of film if you are, I mean, not the type of series to get into if you're into like Star Wars, which is heavy on action. This is a very, very methodical and a very well thought out series. Um, There is action, you know, and the action is very, very good, but it's mostly the premise that drives the the story forward. Um, Foundation has uh, a cat, a very, very, interesting cast jared harris you might know him from the expanse and from the hbo series chernobyl um lee pace is in it and the other main character mm-hmm. is a i've never seen her before but her name is lou libel leo leo bell um and so basically the story is is that this is set in the far far future obviously and lee pace is part of a trilogy of leaders and they are all cloned from the first leader of the Empire. And I, I say Empire, and, and it's interesting because Star Wars is kind of influenced by this book as well. Um, so there was an original leader of the Empire, and he, he thought himself to be, you know, so, so important to the, the universe that he created a, a, a hierarchy where there will always be three. There's going to be a younger version of him, which is called Dawn. There's going to be a middle-aged version of him that's called um, Empire. And then there's an older version of him called Dusk. And they all rule at the same time, and they are all genetically identical to him. And this is, this is a monarchy that spans... Um, generations. We're talking about thousands of years that they've ruled the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And so um, Jared Harris's character is a um, a mathematician who uses maths, right, mm-hmm. to predict the fall of the empire. And ho- so he obviously... That guy's always the, complaining about something, bro. I love him. I mean, I right, love exactly. Him, and he does like, it so well. Yeah, he's always like, yo, something's so about to go down real bad, real, real bad. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, right. he's, so he's he awesome. does it so well. But but here it, it's kind of interesting because as you go further along, you realize that there's an end game for him. And he's been he's been kind of plotting this the, the entire way. Because mm-hmm. what what ends up happening is that obviously the the trilogy, the 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 Trinity. The triumvirate. Right. <laughs> um they obviously don't like what he's saying and they exile him to, you know, like a, a faraway system and he actually builds a colony there. 
And so that's where you go forward. And, and, you know, you're going from him building this colony and whatnot. And there are things that happen that you'll see. And I don't, I don't want to spoil it. But you also see what's happening back home with the Empire and how things are changing. And the, the rebels are, are kind of sensing this whole thing because it was a very public trial when he got sent away. And so there's a lot of politics involved and stuff. It's a very, very interesting show. But... It, it's a show that you really have to kind of like sit down and watch because it's a very methodical show. The pacing is is kind of slow if, if you're, you know, the, the the concepts are interesting, but it is a slow type of show, you okay. know. So it's sort of um, like The Expanse. In a sense, yes, okay. in a sense. So it, it's a very, very good sci-fi show. You just have to, you just have to take your time with it, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the other show that I was watching was The Morning Show. The Morning Show also just finished its season two. And that's a, a very interesting show. The season, the first season of the morning show was very, very good. The second one kind of meandered a little bit. Um, and the morning show stars both um, Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, uh, Steve Carell's no, no. on it, right? The Steve Carell. Oh, that's the wrong show. Sorry, Reese. <laughs> that's no, that's Reese, the Reese Witherspoon is on it. Yeah, that's Reese, Reese with, Witherspoon is on it. Uh, Jennifer yeah. Aniston is on it. Billy Crudup. Mm-hmm. Mark Duplass, uh, like you said, um, what's his name? Uh, Steve Carell. You just found it. Yes, Steve Carell. Steve, Steve Carell. Carell's on yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And, and so that is kind of like um, it, it. It follows. Um, oh, who's the anchor it, from NBC? Um, isn't it Regis Mark- and Kathy Lee the show? No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, no, no. What really, is it? What is it, it it's it's it kind of mimics Matt Lauer's Fall from Grace. Oh, it's that type of show, like with the with the button and all that crazy stuff that we won't we won't mention, I guess, to keep it PG. Yeah, yeah. So, so Steve Carell's character is obviously yeah. the one that's that's targeted. You know, he it's and this is in the midst of the Me Too movement and stuff like that. And he's he's like a Matt Lauer analog, is what you're saying? Yes, absolutely, okay. absolutely. Okay. And mm-hmm. it deals with um, Jennifer Aniston dealing with that, and then bringing on Reese Witherspoon onto the show as her co-host and you know the whole politics behind that like i said the first season is fantastic the second one i feel like they tried to grab too many um issues out there so they deal with not only the me too movement but they deal with racial inequity in hollywood they also Mm -hmm. are dealing with covid at the time because Mm -hmm. during season two it's right around the start of covid yeah, and, and so they're so dealing with there, I guess. a lot, a lot of issues. And I think season two kind of got a little bloated, but it's still a fantastic show. So if you do get a chance to watch it, I, I really suggest it. Um, the other one is a show that we are watching with the kids now, and that's Calls. Oh, okay. Thank God. What is that? Uh, that's the only one. I haven't heard of that one. You have to really get a, get get on it. And it's very a very quick thing. The episodes are about 15 to 20 minutes long, and they are audio episodes okay so this is this is a a show that's done by fetty alvarez um you should know him because he's a a big horror guy he did um the remake for the evil dead and stuff like that and the amount of people Mm -hmm. that are on this show is staggering i mean we're talking lily collins aubrey plaza nick jonas aaron taylor johnson mark duplass uh, Clancy Brown, Rose, Rosario Dawson. Um, th- there is there is the star Pedro Pascal is on the show. Stephen hey, Lang, Karen Gillian. Hey. 
I mean, the star power that's on this show is amazing. But it's it's taken in the vein where all you're hearing is phone calls. You don't see any of the actors because there are graphics on on the screen that mm-hmm. kind of they're like waves, you know, like like audio waves and stuff like that. That's the whole show. It's like visualization and and somebody speaking about something. I guess at the same time. it's all phone calls. It's all okay. phone calls. That's why it's called calls. But the the premise is very interesting because it has a sci-fi horror take to it, in a sense. And at first, they seem disconnected, but much like the What If series of Marvel, they connect toward the end. You know, like American Horror Story or something like that. There's a connection yeah. that's there if you're looking hard enough. And not to get too deep into it, the calls do deal with time and space and multiverses and different dimensions. So mm-hmm. um, if that's your kind of your bag, you definitely need to watch uh, Calls because uh-huh. it is a very interesting concept and it's done very, very well. Um, I am not sure if a season two is on its way. Um, there is some talk that they do want to get season two up and running, but mm-hmm. um, you know, with COVID and everything, I don't know if they're going to do it. And like I said, the star power in the show is amazing, so I, I can imagine that it's a very costly show to make as well. Yeah, um, I would. So imagine. those are the, okay. those are the Apple TV things that I've been watching. The 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 three Netflix stuff, and I'll get through those really quick. Um, and this is something that I mentioned on our group chat the other day. If you're not watching Arcane League of Legends, I don't know what you're doing. Because I if you're, I had no <laughs> idea what that was until oh, like I've been a couple with, of days ago. Yeah, I, I know what I, League of Legends is, but yeah, mm-hmm. I I had been watching the project for a while, and when it came out, they did it a very interesting way. It's nine episodes, but they dropped it in three episode blocks, which is so, something Netflix really does. Actually, that's interesting. Right, they usually but it's really it. really cool the way they did it because that first three is like. And it's an amazing start. And so it's this, like the movie that that we got from Bad Batch, but like it actually continues to be good after yep. the movie. <laughs> and I, I haven't finished the series yet. I, I will say that mm-hmm. I'm up to episode six, I believe, and they yeah. just dropped the last three episodes on Friday. So, okay. um, but so far, I mean. First of all, it's visually stunning. Like, you you see this, and it's unlike any anime. It's almost as if you're looking at an oil painting come to life. Is it in the genre of anime? Yes, it is. Okay. Was it Japanese? I didn't even, I didn't know that either. I didn't know, I don't know anything about this. It is not Japanese. At least I They probably have a Japanese. They probably have a Japanese. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And as well, or subtitles and all that. And the thing about it is that right now it's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, 10 on IGN. 10 on IGN. If you look at you look at, you know, um Metacritic, I believe it's like 97 or 98. And if you look at just fan ratings, it's through the roof. And I mean, League of Legends is not a game that's really known for its story, but the story here is so compelling. I mean, it's visually stunning, but the story, there are there are moments in that show that I find myself holding my breath. Mm-hmm. And the show, unlike foundation which is methodical this drops you into the action and it does not stop you know what i'm saying so again i highly 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 recommend everybody to go watch arcane because this is something that people are going to look back 
and look at this in the vein of you know some of those classic animated shows. Um, you know, I don't want to move like too quickly beyond it without at least can you tell us a very very quickly what it's about, kind of like so, just a super quick synopsis. Absolutely, and so you know the thing about it is that the again is based on the game, and it's funny because a lot of people have now kind of league of legends is a very very popular game it's one of the most popular mm -hmm. multiplayer um mmo games out there and stuff like that right one of the most popular but multiplayer people games have actually world, gone back yeah yeah i know it, it's ridiculous mm -hmm. how many people are playing league of legends right mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and the thing about it is that people actually have gone back and the fan base of that game has expanded because now they're taking they're taking these you know, secondary characters and making them full blown, you know, Im important characters in the show, and people are actually going back to play as them. That's how mm -hmm. impactful the show is, right? So the show is based around this, um, this fictional, obviously, kingdom called, I believe it's Pilt Piltover, right? Mm -hmm. And it's it's basically, you know, a class class versus class type of situation you know piltover is the city that's technologically advanced mm -hmm. and you know has all the you know everybody there is rich and stuff like that and then where our characters powder and Vi viv um reside those are the main characters they re they live in the underground uh, a place called the lanes right and okay. they're basically they're 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 kind of they're thieves because you know what you can't do anything else you know there's no money so you okay. resort to stealing right um and so they eventually there, there's a power struggle there you know and there are these blue little cubes that they steal and those are the things that are actually they're called hex cubes i believe if i remember correctly mm -hmm. um they are they are the key to providing the the entire world unlimited power they're they're kind of like the macguffin where you can use this thing to power anything you know power weapons power infrastructure power whatever you can think of these things work for that okay they can also be weapons of destruction which you see in the very first episode it's like final fantasy or something like that a little bit it, it is and, and if you look at if you look at the the setting it's very steampunkish very steampunk. Yeah. It's just like Final Fantasy, so you can make that that clear connection there, also, right? The steampunk, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, you know, not not to spoil too much. Um, there there are there are people there that you know um have certain agendas where they want to take down Piltover because you know the oppression of the 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 rich people and the oppression of the stuff, and that kind of drives everything. And you see you see the the show in the vein of both Powder and Vi. And very early on, you you Powder is obviously the older sister. Vi is the very very much younger sister okay. of the group. And um, there's a thing that happens that kind of separates them both, you know, f in terms of family and philosophically and stuff like that. And that's where the third episode ends, and it continues from there. Um, like I said, it's it's a awesome story it's emotional it's it's exciting it, i'm telling you you have to watch arcane you know okay, okay. um legal legends yep. show all right go ahead go ahead the last two and i'm gonna go through this real quick midnight mass by mike flanagan on netflix is an amazing horror show 
Um, if you know Mike Flanagan, he's quickly becoming one of my favorite horror directors. He's done things such as um, the Shining sequel, Dr. Sleep. He's done the two Netflix mm -hmm. uh, original shows, The Haunting of Hill House and its sequel. I, I can't remember the name of that. And he's done things such as Hush on Netflix. The Lie House. And he's done Bly House. Yes, thank you. That's that second anthology show uh, in the vein of Haunting of Hill House. He's done the excellent Netflix horror show, horror film Hush. And he just continues with Midnight Mass. And Midnight Mass, that is one I cannot spoil because you have to watch it. It's oh a brooding, it, it's, it's one of these shows that kind of gets into your bones if you like horror. And it's super creepy and super brooding, and and you can tell that something really, really bad is going to happen. And it's set in a New England town, an island off the shore of the mainland. So they're isolated. What is yeah, they're Stephen King. Like that's where Stephen King is. All he's great. <laughs> and it's funny because this is this is this is a show that comes entirely from his own mind because this is a this is a kind of like a little short story that he wrote maybe 10, 15 years ago, and he's always wanted to, to write it. And he actually, mm -hmm. I believe, pitched it to Netflix, and originally they said no. And oh. once, um, once the, he had the success of Hill House, then they were like, okay, well, you know what? Maybe we'll revisit it. And I'm glad they did because the show is fantastic. Amazing, you know, bro. Netflix Amazing. turning down a show, that's the first I've heard of that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> So, again, if you're a horror fan, you really need to check out Midnight Mass. Uh, again, it's a very slow-moving show, but trust me, the payoff is worth its weight in gold um, or in blood in this particular case. Yeah. Um, the last show, and the last show, and I'll, I'll, like I said, I'll make this brief, and maybe the kids can kind of jump in on this. We've been watching Narcos. No, that yeah. was my... Oh. Okay, so this is a perfect oh. time. I'm going Segway. to... Segway. into Eli, because he can talk about his favorite Netflix show, and that's Narcos. And Narcos tells the story of Pablo Escobar. Yes. Um, it's three seasons, right? Ten episodes uh, each yeah. season. Three seasons. Um, We're up to season, season two, two, episode six, I believe. That doesn't sound wrong. Yeah, like I, I can't say it. So we're like mid-season two, right? Yeah. But Narcos, oh my right? Gosh, Narcos. Okay, Narcos, Narcos. How do I start this? Well, let, let's talk about the cast first because okay, the yeah. cast is cast. like super, super awesome. Um, the cast includes... Uh, Wagner Mora, who plays the, the title role of Pablo, Pablo Escobar. Escobar. You have Pedro Pascal as a um, DEA agent, along with Boyd Holbrook, who basically the story is told from his perspective because he, he provides the voiceover for the entire show. So it, you're, you're kind of living the world of Narcos through his eyes, mm -hmm. right? Um, so you know, set back in the, the cocaine wars of the 80s, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, what, who was a president around that time? Uh, originally, the president, I believe, was George Reagan. Bush. Reagan, well, too. Was Reagan. Oh, was, yes, yeah, that's Reagan. right. Started. It started, yes. It started with Reagan. It transitioned into Bush the first, yeah. the older Bush, the old Daddy Bush. Bush you know. Um, yeah, but... But, oh my gosh, it is insane. I'll let I you mean, take over. Oh my gosh, there's no words to describe. Okay. It's like it it's sorta I'm not gonna say 
it it can be slow at some points, but for the most part, like when it gets to the suspense, Dude, there's just... suspense, and holy crap! Oh my gosh! Um, I mean, it's obviously a very political show. You're talking about, um, you know, it's real life events. Yeah, right? it's real life events. So it's it is what it is. I mean, can you can you speak a little bit about how? insane pablo escobar is oh my gosh <laughs> and like, like i mean the things oh, that he oh, manages bro. to do on that show He's which it's it's crazy because it happened in real life right i know and it's like so deranged bro <laughs> i swear i mean i mean y- y'all y'all obviously heard of him buying hippos and stuff having like his whole stash but like I still a problem actually. to this day yeah. <laughs> but the yeah oh but what yeah. He he had like a freaking stash of hippos, like, and they're still running around Colombia. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Like seriously, it's it's crazy. They, just recently, I saw on the news they found a way to kind of like try to get them under control as a population because they are an invasive species. Mm-hmm. So it's like what? So oh Colombian God. hippos, people. Thanks to Pablo Escobar. The things mm-hmm. he does, though, is brutal as all hell. I mean, I mean, at, at the beginning, I would say, like, he was brutal, but, like, he didn't, he was, he dark, didn't, yeah. He, he didn't have a flair for the grand. Yeah, but, like, when everything went down, like, what went down, oh, my gosh, like, one of my favorite characters, shoot, I shouldn't even say his name, right? No, you can. Okay. Uh, Colonel... Uh, just don't say what happens to him. Yeah, but bro, my God. he is a legend for what he <laughs> did, bro. An absolute legend. But the things that went down after all of that was insane. And things just keep going. Things just keep going off the rails with just, with how far people are willing it keeps to keeps escalating. I know people are willing to 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 put to cross the line to to either catch Escobar. Or to continue your business uh, going, it's and like El Chapo, kind of. Chapo. That's your most yeah. your most uh, similar modern analog in terms of like somebody that like is above the law. This big massive drug dealer in yeah, South bro. and Central America that does all these crazy things, like building a huge tunnel to escape. Like I could, I haven't bro. seen Narcos, but I have a few friends that watch it, and just remembering bro. history is just kind of crazy. Listen, you it, gotta it, watch it. it just the fact that Pablo Escobar, first of all, ran for president of Colombia, but oh but not only that, when he he actually um, he actually surrendered himself to the authorities, but the the conditions of that was that he gets oh to build God. his own jail, <laughs> he gets to have his own uh, what own. Own officers, guards. own guards yeah. there, handpicked by himself. He gets he gets to have everything built to his specifications, which included in this jail a soccer field, a pool. Oh well, they didn't know uh, about that though. An but, entertainment yeah. room, but right? he did do that. A yeah. gold a gold toilet, <laughs> which is significant to the story. Oh my god! You know All of these things that he was able to accomplish, and literally, oh, and the thing that. Any law enforcement could not be next to the jail for around what a ten mile radius. Yeah, like Bro, not even military. Nothing to say that he turned every defeat into a victory is a complete understatement. <laughs> oh my gosh, this dude, bro, it is ridiculous. It, yeah, this is the ruler it's of Colombia, basically. 
it's obviously like very. I mean, it's it's like the more wild dumb. west. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's very dramatic, bro. God. And if you're looking for things like where it's always like, I don't know how to say it. this is a this is a full on drama show. That's all you need to know. Suspense, yeah. drama, yeah. intrigue, madness, murder, oh my God. all that Over good stuff. Plata or plomo. Or plomo. Yes. <laughs> that is such an amazing line. <laughs> but that's Narcos. Jeez. All right. So, Jose, what do you got cooking? All right. So, let me jump into this as quickly as I can. I don't have as many things to geek out about as y'all. As y'all do recently, but... Um, yeah, I, I had a lot. I apologize. I was just... There was so many things I I'll, wanted to talk about, you know. I'll tell you what I'm not geeking out about. Uh, <laughs> the, the Grand Theft Auto trilogy is trash. Yeah. Garbage. See, I, I told y'all. It. I told y'all, bro. No, you didn't. Uh, you were the one no, geeking you, out you about it more than like, anybody. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 we're not retconning this tip. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 hold on, hold on. I told you about it. No, 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 hold on, hold on. Let me, and let me, and me and sentence. Wolfie were the one bro. who was like, "These graphics are terrible." No, this, these, there were fan-made oh mods that were better than no, this. no, 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 no. Let me I'm finish like, my I'll sentence. The recording. Let, oh my gosh! <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, let me finish my sentence. I said that I was hyped for it, but I told you guys that it was it, it was too expensive. Like what you were getting out of it wasn't wasn't equal to the amount because you had the modding community who was doing way better stuff. He did say that. I did say that, did yeah, I not? I brought up the modding community. Are we sure about Anyway, it don't matter. Go ahead. D- talk your talk. <laughs> Bro. Oh Go ahead. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Well, the, I can pull the up the recording. I brought up the modder community on this one. Yeah, I know. That's okay. The GTA trilogy has been rife with problems and stuff, which you alluded to. It's garbage. Like, I'll tell you what. I'm glad I never played it. Bugs galore. Like, I like to, like, kind of watch some videos sometimes to be like, what went wrong with this particular piece of software? And from what I understand it, it's um, the developer that that created the game. It's not Rockstar. Rockstar is not going back and recreating their game all over again. They asked another developer to work on this. I don't remember the name of the developer, but this developer is the one that made all of the, the mobile ports of Grand Theft Auto. So basically, Whoa. what people believe is these are ports not of the originals, but of the mobile games. And that's why they're oh so terrible. Lord. They ported mobile games wow. over to console. Oh it's just Lord. a theory. It's just a theory. But you have seen how bad that game looks, how bad it runs. Like I literally downloaded it. I saw the reviews. I saw the bugs. I deleted it 10 minutes later. <laughs> I was like, I'm not playing this. Oh it's garbage. So that's one. I'm not geeking out about that. I just have to give like a little a little salt to Rockstar for thinking that they can sell people a crappy product like this. Really messed up, especially when Rockstar has such great products most of the time and they do not skimp. The fact that they allowed another company to do this is pretty, pretty terrible. This can be a somewhat shared geek out. Everything I've been doing is gaming recently. I won't even mention Battlefield. Obviously, I've been playing that. I went through the 10-hour trial in six days. Um, Forza Horizon 5 has oh been my gosh. ridiculous amount of fun ludicrous amount of fun um, the graphics are freaking amazing to me this is probably I mean I haven't gotten a lot of the most recent Xbox Series X games but this is one that really showcases the console the graphics um, you know, the, the, the audio is fantastic 
the the draw distances are unbelievable. Like it's really impressive how far you can see off into the horizon. Haha, in this game, uh, on the open world, the racing is fun. Um, I mean, it's really cool because it's like it's not simulation, right? Like Gran Turismo, nothing like that, and or like the Forza main series. It's a little more arcadey, but like it's it's got like such a great feel that balances good simulation elements with like arcade style racing. Um, the amount of vehicles you can get is so cool. I've driven like like a, a, a tow truck in this game so far. So like Forza Horizon Five, like in terms of yeah, like Xbox Series X games, like I think it was the biggest. Wasn't it the biggest launch ever for like an Xbox game or something like that on Game Pass? I think something like that was was what I read in the news recently. So like everybody's playing this game. A lot of people purchased this game. Um, it's got great online play and I'm almost kind of like, I mean, I'm excited to, to get back to maybe me and Walt getting our crazy races in Dodge Vipers again in Forza Horizon 5. We'll see if we can get some time for that. Um, but yeah, yeah. Forza Horizon 5 has been freaking awesome so far and everybody should play it if you haven't already, because I think pretty much everybody has played it already. Uh, I think it was 10 million players or something like that. 10 million downloads or something. Yeah, ludicrous one, right? On day one, yeah, which is really, really exciting. Really, really, really awesome. Um, it does help that it was on Game Pass also, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the thing that I think... This in Halo is going to push Game Pass to a new level, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to it's gonna get a lot more people in on that subscription service because they're, they're going to see the value when you have a triple A A-like game that's the highest rated game of the year, by the way. Uh, in Forza Horizon 5, people are going to flock to that. People are going to say like, well, you know, I don't have an Xbox maybe, but like maybe I should get one or maybe I should get Game Pass so I could play this on my PC, stream it on my PC because, you know, Microsoft has that strategy. So I guess um, in order to close out my geek out, the other game that I just mentioned, Halo Infinite, I've been playing the multiplayer and oh man, it is buttery smooth. So much fun. I've never been a huge fan of Halo multiplayer. You guys all know that I'm into the Gears of Wars and the Battlefields and all that. I'm not even a big Call of Duty fan. Mm-hmm. I've definitely dabbled in Halo multiplayer, and it's fun. But there's something about like this this multiplayer that's like somehow even a little bit better than past Halo games. Maybe it's because I'm a little maybe maybe it's because I spent more time with it and I've gotten a little bit better than I have been at past Halo games. But like. Huh. It's it's just a smooth experience, you know. Sixty frames per second in Halo is is awesome in multiplayer, um, and some of the new gadgets really add to the gameplay. Plus, like I know that that AJ, you had an issue with this, but I I'm happy that they were able to update the controls to those of a modern first person shooter. I know you like Halo's classic controls, but if you're not pulling left trigger to aim in a first person shooter, it ain't a first person shooter to me. And I'm glad that they finally Thank put that in Halo. Yeah. Like having so to click in the right stick, like that's so wonky. Think about clicking in the right stick and then having to aim at the same time. Like it's a bad control setup. You gotta you gotta come to the new century, my friend. Like AJ, this is this is how shooters are meant to be played. Even third person shooters know that. Um, but yeah, like I'll leave it at that. If you want to give some thoughts, AJ, feel free. I know you haven't played it yet. You could you could tell me that I'm wrong and I'm stupid, and that's not how first person shooters. Should be, but I will close my geek out out there and and leave it at that and leave it open to anybody else that wants to jump in on that and and tell me how they feel. Anybody? 
Anybody? Yeah, you, you gotta play it first. You, you don't. I gotta yeah, try that. I think he needs to play it first before he can speak on that. You gotta play yeah. it first because there's, it. there's a difference between saying it and actually doing it. So I mean, just so you know, AJ, it runs really, really well on the the Xbox One X. It's running at at more than thirty frames per second. Really, really solid resolution. So like, it's not just for some people that I know have been waiting for the next gen, uh, just because they don't want to play a less complete version of Halo. But mm-hmm. it runs really, really well from what I've heard on Xbox One X. I'm playing it on Series X, as y'all know. But wait, worthwhile. Point. I actually tried Yo. it on the Xbox One, and it, it works pretty well. Also, mm-hmm. um, it probably doesn't look as good as it does on your machine. Yeah, yeah. being that you have the Series X, um, but it, it for the limited time that I that I tried it, it was very, very impressive. Yeah, wait. it's more than playable. That's for sure. It's very playable. There's no issues with playability. Yeah. Multiplayer includes couch co-op, right? No. No, right? It's only online? So, here's here's the update on that. that No, 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 no. Here's the update on that. They didn't take it out. It is delayed until May, as well as Forge being delayed until May. Um, You get you're getting you're getting the single player experience on December eighth, as as was stated before. Uh, and, you know, the multiplayer is officially a beta. This is not officially the release of the game, right? But it's, a, it's for all intents and purposes, it is the game, multiplayer game. But, like, yeah, they're pushing back Forge and Couch Co-op until May of 2022. So okay. Wait, and also, yeah. wait, multiplayer, you can't do, like, PvP as in PvP in the same uh, That's split Couch screen? Co-op. Yeah, that's no. Couch Co-op, right? Yeah, that's, that's pushed back. So that's gone for now. Stupid. I mean, it'll be in it eventually, so we'll look forward to that at some point. But yeah, like I said, that's my geek app. So we should probably uh, speak on them things that are our main topic of the week. What do you guys want to start with, I guess, is the question. So unfortunately, Wolfie was not able to join us for the podcast this week, but he did record some thoughts. So I'm going to turn it over to him. Wolfie. So... um... I just landed from my two-week trip out west. I was in uh, Vegas competing in the IBJF World's Masters and uh, spent another week in uh, L.A. training with my professor. Those of you guys that know me know that I do jiu-jitsu, have an academy, and uh, yeah, it was basically a work trip, but I didn't want to miss out on the geek outs, and so here I am. Anyway, so um, my thoughts on... Cowboy Bebop and the Spider-Man um, No Way Home trailer. <clears throat> Let me start with Cowboy Bebop. I only got a chance to see the first episode, but the series is one of my favorite animated series of all time. And I had such high hopes for the show because I love John Cho. And I think like all the stuff coming out of it before the show looked awesome. You know, the costume design, everything looked really, really cool. But, man, I am so, so disappointed by this first episode. Uh, I have no motivation to continue watching the show, to be honest with you, because already they they kind of, they're retelling the show, obviously, in their own image. But the show didn't need any retelling. I think that, like, this is one of those shows that if you're going to bring to live action, bring it to live action, but don't change how the story has been told and they had such a departure from from the animated show where 
you know, we're finding out things already in the very first episode that we aren't that we aren't supposed to find out until much later, which is what kind of gives the, the, the show its gravitas that we find out these little tidbits about who Spike Seagull is little by little, not all in the first episode. And I know that, like, they don't give us everything in the first episode, but between the flashbacks, between his connection to the syndicate and so on and so forth. I feel like we missed the opportunity to actually fall in love with Spike Siegel, a character, before we find out who he actually is, what his backstory is. Um, and that's really, really disappointing to me. Um, I, I also am not a fan of, of uh, Faye Valentine's character, not because of the actress, or rather actor, not because of the, 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 the actor, but because of one the way that she was introduced which is not how she was introduced in the show um and two because i don't see the necessity for the um, the, the all the foul language i know that she is very abrasive on the show which is her character she's sassy and abrasive but all the cursing is really really out of character and it's jarring to be honest with you there's something that kind of goes on in anime in the anime world where Cursing and foul language is kind of what the villains do, and it's not what the heroes do. And I know that, like, they're bounty hunters, so they kind of, like, are not exactly, you know, on the side of good or bad. But from the perspective of storytelling, they're the heroes. And, and in the anime world, that's that's a very stark difference. And I feel like if you are a fan of anime, I feel like the, the, the amount of foul language that's used by her on the show is kind of... A little bit jarring it, it just doesn't make sense for the character and i don't know why they made that choice um outside of that i do think that there's some positives i know that i i can see how they're trying to um give it the same look and feel of the animated show but there's something that's a little bit jarring with that too where when it comes from a cinematography standpoint I think that it doesn't work that well when you bring it to live action, like certain camera angles and certain stylistic things. They just don't work from the live action perspective um, where I think that, you know, some twisted over the, the top or over the shoulder kind of bird's eye view camera angles don't make sense in the live action. Maybe here and there you can sporadically use it to, to give it a little bit of the anime feel. But if you... You know, I think that it would have been better to to be have a little bit more of a traditional approach to the cinematography um, because it's a little it, it's too jarring. You know, it's too jarring. The reason these the, these things are used in the anime space with uh, certain camera angles, certain uh, um, facial expressions and things like that is because we're looking at a 2D piece. Right. This is just lines and colors on a blank 2d page whereas when you're watching a live action show you have depth and shadows and lighting and stuff like that and in that space i feel like uh, that 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 approach of like the uh hard camera angles and you know twists and turns and things like that don't really play so well um so i I'm really, really upset that like that that it's fallen so flat. Like I, I literally have no. I finished. I, I finished the first episode and I had no motivation. I have no motivation to continue watching it. I'm gonna see it anyway, but 
um, I don't see why I would see the show when I already know that the source material is so much better. You know, I didn't expect it to be better than the animated um, version of it. Uh, however, I didn't expect it to be this far from it either. So that's that's very upsetting. Now, on to uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Now, the trailer, I everyone here should already know by now that I absolutely hate watching trailers. This is one of those trailers that I do kind of make an exception because it's such big news and it's impossible for me to get away from. And I saw the uh, the trailer. I did love the trailer. I thought it was awesome. But then I made the mistake of watching it a second time. And man, I am so upset that I saw it a second time because I, I love everything that I see from it. But now there's certain things that are spoiled. I mean, of course, I already knew that there were certain things that were going to happen. Um, most likely, you know, like having the three Spider-Men, you know, uh, you know, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are pretty much confirmed to be showing up. You know, the trailer confirms it. I wish they didn't do that because even though everyone expects that to happen, you don't want that confirmation, I think, until you actually see the movie. So it's very upsetting that that's there. And spoiler alert, real quick, if you haven't seen the trailer or if you don't or if you missed this, I'm pretty confident. I'm like 99% sure that I see Venom make an appearance. And that's really upsetting to me, too, because I know that there's a connection. If you saw uh, Let uh, you know, Let There Be Carnage at the end, there's the connection between the uh, Tom Holland, MCU Spider-Man and everything. But... I don't want to know that he's going to be in the movie until I see the movie. I already know we're going to I'm going to see it. Everyone is going to see Spider-Man already. That's a tidbit of information that I didn't need to see. Not to mention that if you're going to show me this dramatic scene of Mary Jane falling from a tower and and uh and 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 Spider-Man going to to save her and rescue her, don't show me Venom pretty much about to rescue her because now you just told me that oh she doesn't die. You know, so I don't know. I may be completely wrong here. Um, I, it may not be Venom. Maybe she doesn't make it. I hope she does, because I do not want to go through what I went through emotionally with Gwen Stacy. But. But, yeah, it's this is this is exactly why I hate watching trailers, because I love the trailer and I love everything that I saw about it. But I hate that I've been spoiled on some really crucial things. You know, I don't want to have. Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield confirm. I don't want to know that Venom is in there um, until I actually see it. And I don't want you to show me one of the most dramatic parts of the film that I'm expecting to be. And then pretty much show me that she she makes it. You know, the drama of that scene is now going to be gone for me when I see it. So um, unless unless this is a, you know, a bait and switch, you know, Marvel does do this. I don't know. So, and again, I could be completely wrong about all of this, but this is why I hate watching trailers. <laughs> anyway, um, I hope, I hope, uh, you guys enjoy the, uh, rest of the cast and, you know, um, stay geeky. Let's start with, uh, Spider-Man because I think that's the one that, um, everybody's like super excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, Cow- Cowboy Bebop is, is a thing that. I'm going to be honest, I haven't seen enough of it to, to speak on it, but I do have some thoughts on it. But we can we can get into that later. But how about that Spider-Man No, no, Way, no Way Home trailer? 
There we go. Green Goblin, unchanged. That's what I'm talking about. Not totally unchanged, but mostly Yeah, I know, but like in terms of like the design of his Mm -hmm. costume and stuff is what I mean. It's basically the same. They just like messed around with some of the some of the finer edges, and I think they took a little bit of the the shininess away from the, or is it the vice versa? Like it's not the same sheen as it was in the in the Tobey Maguire movies, but like I it know. looks good. It's a good update. And like actually, speaking of updates in costumes, Electro man, like he oh, looks yeah. so much look so better. better. You guys spotted oh, that moment. God. You, so, you, had so, to leave it. you had to leave it to Marvel Studios to fix that. <laughs> well, you guys spotted the moment in the trailer when he had his mask, quote unquote, right? Yeah, with the electricity. And yeah, yeah, with the electricity forming awesome. the electric star on his face. I mean, like, like I said, again, mm, leave it to Marvel Studios to, to take their property and fix it properly. Yeah. You know there we go. Uh, because I mm-hmm. think that's one of the biggest points that a lot of people had with um, Jamie Foxx's portrayal of Electro in, what was it? Amazing Spider-Man 2? Yeah. Um, Asm 2. Yeah, he looked weird, man. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh he, was, he was basically like, a... The mom- hair that he had before he yeah. became... Like, what was with the comb over? Totally, what? totally like, strange. What? You know? He looks so. normal. He looks like he has normal hair in this one. Like, did he get, like, air plugs? Like, what happened to this <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe he was like, you know what? I'm a, I'm a supervillain. I got to start looking like one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to the hair club so, for men. Yeah, looking exactly, like a supervillain. You know? Instead like, of looking like it. like goofy Dr. Manhattan or whatever the yeah. heck he was supposed to look like before. You know what the, was the most surprising thing of the, the trailer was for me is how much they... And, and again, you know, it's we're, we're getting a trailer, so we don't know completely, but how much of a focus there is on Dr. Octopus, you know? He's going like, to be a good guy. I have yeah, theories. It, it almost seems like that, right? He's going to yeah. be a good guy. Like, yeah. I don't see how he's not. And, and I, love, I love the line where he's like, wait, you're not Peter Parker, <laughs> right? <laughs> what, about, what about when they ask him his name? So what was your name again? Dr. Yeah. Otto Octavius. And then all <laughs> the start kids laughing. start laughing, laughing at him. <laughs> But, but I, like I said, I do find it surprising that Doc Ock is going to be a, a main. And I actually like it because, you know what? One thing I'm that we can say about uh, the Tobey Maguire's, the second one was always the far superior one. And I, I have to say that a lot of it has to do with Alfred Molina's portrayal of Dr. Octopus mm-hmm. in that movie. You know, yeah. And so for them to take the focus and make No Way Home a Doc Ock movie kind of in a way, right? Mm-hmm. is genius right you're sure. genius kind of let's kind of break down what we know about the story so far at least this is what i understand about the story so far so it seems that like whatever whatever caused dr strange's spell to go awry as we can see in the trailer brings in at least five midlands maybe a six and we'll speculate about that in, in, in a couple of minutes peter but, peter parker that couldn't shut up <laughs> during the spell oh <laughs> see but i don't know if it's that I think no, I know that that's what the trailer leads you to believe, right? I did. I think the trailer leads you to believe that, but I still think I still think that this is as much as people wanted to say that you sh- you didn't need to watch the shows. I think this is going to tie into the moment when Wanda becomes a Scarlet Witch and when they cross the threshold in Loki. Loki, because I think I actually read the other day, and I don't know if it's confirmed one hundred percent, but they 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 explain that those moments are actually tied together. The moment that he realizes the threshold of his has been caught, crossed, 
is the moment that she becomes the Scarlet Witch. So that's really? probably the moment that all this stuff happens. It's not one hundred percent confirmed from what I from what I believe, but like there's some some interesting theories out there. And if you guys go and watch on YouTube, there's a video that syncs up those two scenes. As soon as she becomes the Scarlet Witch, like if you sync it up properly, and I know you could sync it up in a way that makes it look that way, but as soon as she becomes the Scarlet Witch is when he says we cross the threshold and his head turns. And if you look carefully, there's a a hint of red that starts to get brighter in that scene as well. I'm talking about the scene in Loki with, uh, with Immortus, King of Conqueror. But like the theory, I, I, I wouldn't movie, doubt that. I wouldn't huh. doubt that. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it at all. I mean, they have to tie all this stuff together in some way. But right. The theories exactly. are that they end up getting brought to their universe to the, to the MCU because of this spell gone awry. And I kind of like the idea. See, I really, really like where they're going with this in terms of story, because from what we know so far, you have the five villains. You have um, confirmed Electro, Doc Ock, Green Goblin, um, Lizard. Seven. And Sandman, who we haven't seen Thomas Hayden Church. I'm hoping it's no. him. I, I'm, I would assume they that have it would be to. him. They have it has to. be him. Yeah, exactly. They're, if you're bringing everybody else back, why wouldn't you? You know? But see, the, the only thing with that is like but, Dr. Octopus, where they left him off, he was a good guy. Yeah, so he didn't, and he did weird. not die. He did not die. No, he so didn't. That's, no, he and away. he wasn't about to die either because, remember, that's the thing that Doctor Strange says. They're all destined to go back and die at the hands of Spider-Man. Which is weird. Mm, right? So that's a little bit odd. But I actually kind of love the twist in this one in that Spider-Man is trying to save these villains' lives rather than trying to like defeat them and kill them. And I really, really like how they kind of jumped off from, um, from far from home and how he feels that remorse for killing Mysterio if he's dead. Mm -hmm. Because he could be the sixth member of the Sinister Six. I have other theories, but he could be number six, possibly. Right? But But like, I like that, how they're playing off of that remorse from the last one. I really, 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 really am enjoying that. Um, And yeah, I mean, I I think from what we see of the story so far, it looks absolutely amazing. I have some theories about the sixth villain, but I kind of want to hear some quick thoughts from y'all on what you thought of the trailer, just basic well characters just, whatever mm-hmm. there is one thing i have been seeing rumbling online <laughs> there might and i showed you this too the sixth one might be the second green goblin because remember yeah. i showed you mm-hmm. eli the one where it's harry osborne and he's on the he's on the the ski surfboard and he has the sword no don't yes. do that. There's no, no. We don't know that it's Harry Osborn, though, because it's a very unclear shot. It looks like him, but it could be somebody else. It could be Willem Dafoe without a mask on. It could be Dane DeHaan, Goblin. No, please. <laughs> I hope not. Oh, no. But it could be no. him, too. Oh, no. The glider looks more like Dane DeHaan's glider than it does oh, uh, James Franco's glider. Don't stop. Don't stop. Yes. Don't stop. Don't stop. Continue. Continue. And remember, James Franco is not in good company right now. He was accused of, of abusing and, and assaulting women in the past. So he's not really making films right now. Unless he did this before that happened, it's probably not him at all. Probably nowhere near him. It's either Willem Dafoe or Dane DeHaan is what Dane it most DeHaan. likely is. But well, we already have Willem Dafoe, so that means no. no. Maybe, maybe he's not wearing the mask. You know how like in the MCU sometimes like the villains don't wear the mask so that you can get the actor to kind of emote a little bit more and like give him more of a chance to perform? 
I think that's possible. It's possible he's just not wearing the mask in that scene so that he can, you know, really chew on some dialogue. So then he switches off to out. Yeah, that's the one I really don't want, Eli. No. (laughs) What is this? What is this? He was Hobgoblin, right? Not Green Goblin? Was he he was Hobgoblin? Dane DeHaan? No, he was Green Goblin Goblin. straight up. There's the only time you even get close to Hobgoblin is in a throwaway scene from Spider-Man 3 where they not only show the Green Goblin's mask, but they show a variation of that Ah. that's silver and gold. Reminder. I was reminded of something by that. You know who that could be? That is none of the people that we've mentioned so far. Ned Leeds. In the comic, Ned becomes Hobgoblin. At one point. And Ned, the actor who plays Ned, Jacob Badalon, he lost a lot yes, of weight between this one and, and the last one. And, you know, good for him. May just be for health reasons. He looks great. Um, oh. He looked great before. He's, he's freaking awesome. He's one of my favorite parts of these movies. But there are rumors that he's going to come and be Hobgoblin in this film. And that would tie into Spider-Man 3, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man 3, with one of his best friends turning against him and becoming a goblin. So it could huh. be him too. Could you know, too. you know what I what I'm I'm privately wishing. I'm privately wishing for like a, a Godzilla Final Wars moment, mm-hmm. where um, in that one you had Gino, right? Godzilla name only, and he's taken out very very quickly <laughs> by Godzilla, right? Yes. In my mind, I'm hoping Topher Grace makes a comeback to this film. Get smacked <laughs> Get down. smacked real quick. <laughs> By Tom Hardy Venom, who probably will yes. be the sixth. Exactly. He's probably that's, the sixth. That's, that's exactly what I'm going, where I'm going for. You know, I'm, I'm why do you say that? Because I have my reasons for why I think that, and it ties well, into I, other projects. Why do you I think ha- that's I the haven't case? seen – well, the, uh, so I'm going to – Besides the post credit scene, because that's obvious, right? Right. You haven't seen I, no, I haven't seen Venom, and I was about to mention that, but I do Spoilers, know about the, right? the post-credit scene, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, and and I'm gonna go into the bigger thing of how I think this is gonna end because you know what, um, I do believe that, like you said, Tom Hardy is definitely gonna show up in this film, and I think that's the reason why you're not seeing that quote-unquote sixth villain, right? Because wow, wouldn't that be awesome to see them tie it together? But I think there's a bigger reason why they're gonna do that because I think. Knowing that, you know, with all of the stuff that's going around with Tom Holland, this is his final go around as as Spider-Man here and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. At least in the Marvel studio sense of things, I think there's going to be kind of like him sacrificing himself to kind of save the multiverse and end up in Venom's verse. Interesting. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? That effectively takes him out. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That that takes him out of Marvel Studios in a very, very good way, right? Because you're seeing his sacrifice saving the multiverse, and the multiverse continues to be a thing within the thing, and gives you the opportunity to bring him back, right? Exactly. He's not dead, so he could exactly. come back if Sony decides to re-ink that deal in five years, but they can enjoy their multiverse in the meantime. Exactly. And mm-hmm. at the same time, you can stick him in Sony's, what do they call that? The Spider-Man Cinematic Universe or something. Yes, yeah, Cinematic of what? Characters or something like that. Sony's Spider-Man Universe. They actually don't even have a name for that. Yeah, no, I, they actually do. It, they do? Yeah, they it do. was just that. It's like some super huge, long, 20-minute, you know, taking I'm going to look it up. Yeah. So it, it's a good way to kind of get Spider-Man out of the Marvel Studios, but then introduce him back into Venom's universe and stuff like that and have them kind of do their own thing like you said 
and gives you the opportunity to bring him back and forth Here's within the, name. the multiverse. It's the Spumka, the Sony Pictures Universe of Marvel Characters. That's the name of it. Spumka. Oh, my Spumka? Lord. Spunk. 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 S-P-U-M-C. S-P-U-M-C. Oh, God. That is that, That's never going to take, by the way. Spunk. That is disgusting. It's, nobody's should... ever going to use that name. Guaranteed. Just call it, just call it Are you going to see the next Spunk universe, oh, man? I, I mean, the next Spunk universe uh, movie, man? Oh, oh yeah. I'm totally going to see Literally, the Literally, just call it the movies. Sony, Sony Spider-Verse. The yeah. SSB. That would make MCU, more sense. DCU. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> but that's what I think is going to happen. I think, and and like I said, privately, I'm kind of hoping that Topher Grace does make an appearance and Tom Hardy's Venom does him properly. Eats him. <laughs> exactly. Eat him. And that'll be eat it. Eat him. You know what I'm saying? And then we get Tom Hardy as a thing in the Marvel Studios. And you continue that, that whole storyline in Sony's verse. Yeah. There you go. So that's, got, that's my theory. Theories? Because I have a big theory, unless anybody else wants to jump into this, and then maybe we should try to close out and see what we're gonna what we're gonna say about our final topic of the day. Any other theories from from y'all kids? Any other things that you observed in the trailer that you love? No one wins. Everybody no one wins. Dies. Doctor Strange reigns supreme. <laughs> Strange supreme. Oh. Strange supreme. Yes. Oh no, I'm not talking about. No, 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 no. I, I was yes, just talking no, about like that, yeah. You know. <laughs> hey, can Here's we can theory. we talk about something? Oh, yeah, do your well, thing. Wait, what's uh, what is what were you gonna say? Um, I, I just are, are we gonna talk about uh, lizard getting smacked by yes nothing? Yes, you got, what you okay. got punched in the face by nothing in the trailer? No, Guys, go back to the really? scene. Let me see. Go yeah. okay. You got to find the Brazilian oh, version of the trailer in order for this to work, though. So what Walter is talking about, what Walter is talking about is that at the end of the trailer, when you see Tom Holland, Spider-Man, he's charging and leaping at Lizard, Electro, and Sandman. Sandman is going to punch Tom Holland. Lizard is jumping at nobody. And he all of a sudden gets punched in the face by nothing. (laughs) I just saw it. I just saw it. I mean. That's Andrew Garfield or, or Venom. It's one of the two. Because I here's my theory. My theory Go is Venom is not a member of the Sinister Six in this movie by the end. He will believe that he is in the beginning. But remember, the way that Sony has been playing Venom in this universe is, is an anti-hero, not a villain. Yep. So he is going to start, because of how the end credit scene was in Venom 2, where he's obsessed with Spider-Man. He knows who Spider-Man is. Because if you, if you guys are aware of what the trailer told or what the end credit scene said... Venom is now a multiversal hive mind. So mm. he knew who Spider-Man was before they ended up in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in that teleportation at the end of the, of the movie. So Venom is now more like he was recently fleshed out in the comics in a very, very big, big, big storyline that Marvel just wrapped up a few months ago. And that is the story of Null, the symbiote. Oh! They're bringing Null into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I guarantee it, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. First of all, Gore the God Butcher's sword, we know that Gore the God Butcher is being played by Christian Bale in Thor Love and Thunder. Gore the God Butcher's sword is Null's sword. It was retconned in Marvel Comics to become a sword that Null wielded at one point. Okay? That's number one. (laughs) 
Andre's, I'll just say this. Andre's not a big fan of Null. Let's so. get it. Yeah, What's wrong with Null? Let's freaking get it. Boys. I don't like the idea that the symbiotes have a god. I'm sorry, I don't. That's have like you seen the backstory though. Have a god. This dude kills celestials with a with. He's he's likely the being that beheaded the 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 celestial that was nowhere, because in the comics he was. He took the god butcher sword and he cut off a celestial's freaking head like it was nothing. This guy oh is is god. a he's a godlike being from before the beginning of creation. How could you not want something like that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? He's as strong as the celestials. He rips Sentry in half in the comics like he's a joke. He kills everybody like nothing. But the reason, I mean, think about it. What is the best way to actually take Venom out of the out of this Marvel Cinematic Universe if you're bringing him in? Why would you bring him in for one movie? There's no way. And we're all pretty much clear that we think he's going to come into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We, we know he's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I should say, right? Because the end credits scene put him in there. They're not just going to do it for this one movie. The storyline in the comics ends up being that Eddie Brock saves the universe. So what are they going to do with that? They're going to use that to bring him into the Marvel Cinematic Universe so that he can be the one that stops Null. All right? There's way too many little connections already popping up in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, including in Eternals. The sword that, that uh, what's his name? Oh, my Lord. Black Knight. Black Knight pulls yeah. out. Don't you think it's a little odd how that sword is moving in that scene? It's a little bit like a symbiote, isn't it? Remember when he reaches out to that sword, what happens? Mm. Oh, bro, bro, bro. Andre's, AJ is uh, shaking his head right now. Let's, mm. just so, let's just so you know. get it. So Null is coming. Null is coming to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I am guaranteeing this at this point. I'm calling this now. If we look up in a year and, and this is proven to be right. And this is not just my theory. I can't say that I'm the only one that claims this theory. But yeah, Null is coming. And this is the I, setup. I, oh, I, hope I do agree with that. But I think it's in the wrong studio. I think that's going to that's gonna end up being in Sony's universe. And I don't think so because they don't have again, enough characters. I don't think so. But, and but, like, but to me, the way that MCU I see it is... MCU already has Kang. How are you going to throw out Kang like that and like you don't have not to. do anything with it? You don't have to, actually. Because if you think about it, Kang I is a they... Kang is a bit even bigger threat than Null. Kang is a multiversal being in like in like the most in, the most extreme sense. Null is two, but at the I same time, up, here, I'll tell you what's happening. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and then, and then we'll, you're setting up breadcrumbs. You know, you know I already figured this one out actually because here's what's going to happen in my opinion, and then let's move on or see what your guys' final thoughts is are on on this. You're gonna have you have the Thunderbolts, right? That's gonna be one big villain. I think that that's fairly clear. That's gonna be the villain for the Earth level heroes, right? Mm-hmm. For the for the Kate Bishops, um, and and you know any any Earth level heroes are gonna take on the Thunderbolts, right? You have your your physically powerful heroes like your Thors, like your Captain Marvels. Mm-hmm. They're gonna go and take out Null, right? But who is the one that has to take out King? It can't be Thor. Thor can't just walk up to him and smack him. It's got to be your smart characters. It has to be your 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 new Iron Mans. It has to be the the Marvel the Marvel characters who are inventors who can travel through time. So you're going to be able to break it up into three yeah. different massive battles that will all tie into each other. But I think that we're going to see this for two phases. We're going to see at least two phases of this, maybe even three, until we get to Kang as the ultimate big bad of all of it. But in the meantime, the Thunderbolts are going to threaten Earth. Null is going to threaten the universe. Kang's going to threaten the multiverse. 
That's my theory. I'll leave it at that. Mm. See, the, the problematic thing about it, and I, I would normally agree with you, but given the fact that um, we're seeing Tom Holland's contract with Marvel Studios ending with this show, and you know he's already made the he's already made the case that this is going to be his last run in Marvel Studios. There's no impetus for Sony to release Null into the Marvel Studios universe. That that's a character that they hold. You know what I'm saying? They hold all the cards to everything related to Spider Man. So you know that's why I say I believe that Null, I, Null is Null, probably in the middle ground though because Null is kind of like a Spider Man villain, but not really. So but he's he, he's he he resides in that whole venom type of thing. You know, you're you're relating yes. him to venom and stuff. He's a symbiote, which sort is of. intimately in tie, tied to Spider Man. It's so that's I think why it's I say legal ground for this one because again, like it was introduced not as a Spider Man villain, so you could make that argument. But whatever, I'm not going to go over that semantics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those legal. But things. that's why I say I, I think say, I, I think see what you're saying. Them, I think for them, it, it kind of makes sense to kind of start creating that story. You're dropping the little breadcrumbs here, but have him reside in, in the Sony-verse with Marvel's blessing, knowing the fact that they can always come to some sort of agreement and bring him in at a later a later date. It, that's why I say I think he's better off being in the Sony-verse because you can get him kind of start that start of his arc there. And if Marvel ever decides hey, we want to bring this in for phase four or whatever, whatever, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. then you know what? It's a phone call to those guys and say, let's, let's hammer out a deal. Let's bring these guys back because we want to tell that story here. Sony, so that's, so Sony that's the only reason why I think Null works better in the Sonyverse because you're, dealing, you're already dealing with symbiotes over there. You've got an entire, you've got Scream and, and Carnage and Venom and all the other symbiotes that you've seen in these last two movies, it makes sense for him to be in that universe before you bring him into Marvel Studios. I don't know. So that's that's the only reason why I say that. Well, I will say that Sony needs to massively expand their universe because I don't see anybody giving two craps about like Spider-Man, Morbius, and Kraven the Hunter fighting Null. Like, I don't yeah. see it. Those are the only movies we right. have so far from Sony. So... Right nobody and plus none of those none of those people would really be involved in that battle except for maybe spider-man and, and maybe again Morbius. i i totally agree with that so, and i think that's why we'll you see. build them up there and then bring them later into the marvel studios it would have know, to be once. that you you kind of build them up in the way that they built up thanos where he doesn't do anything he exactly. just shows up and says like yo infinity gauntlet i got this exactly that would you be the set only up way the, you set up the breadcrumbs over there to have the bigger story told with Marvel Studios, that's that's what I was kind of implying to begin with. You know, what I, I'm saying? I, so. let's what uh, do very very quick impressions on the last topic of the day. Y'all have seen a couple episodes of this, right? You guys have had a we chance have. to catch a one or two. We've uh, done so about, so far. Talk about Cowboy Bebop, quite hey, Cowboy Bebop, man. Cowboy Bebop, the live action Netflix show starring John Cho, Mustafa Shakir. And Daniela Pineda, what do you guys think of the show so far? And it's actually good that we're getting your opinion because you guys haven't finished the anime yet. So you don't have necessarily that frame of reference entirely like some other fans of the show or anime would. Go ahead. Tell me what you guys think so far. Well, to be honest, um, so here's the thing. I, I don't remember them very well, but I do remember seeing like 
the first couple of episodes and then maybe uh one or two from the middle here and there because they, they they had it on but the like anime, right yeah the anime okay um so far though i don't know like i mean the first episode i thought was kind of fun mm-hmm. i mean it was basically the first episode of the anime itself yeah when you get to the second episode i don't know like the second episode in the anime if i remember correctly correctly is with that that corgi right yes yeah i I felt like the second episode jumped into some bigger things a little too fast Mm -hmm. because at least with the original anime um there's a character that 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 doesn't show up that's implied to be like very fundamentally important to spike's past Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but they're kind of there in the second episode to begin with yeah i don't know to me like i feel like the the storytelling's a little all over the place and i haven't even i haven't even seen the complete anime but just from what I've seen already and what I've seen of the Netflix adaptation, mm-hmm. I feel like the storytelling is a little all over the place because they're trying to make it different. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in because I'm going to agree and I'm going to disagree a little bit with AJ's comments. Um, I, I'm totally with him with the story, the story pacing and the storytelling of, of Cowboy Bebop, the Netflix show. I've seen about half of the animated show, and I saw that a long time ago, So, and I'm struggling to kind of remember because Cowboy Bebop, for me, is one that I start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. I've it's never... Like 26 episodes. You gotta get I it. Know, I know. I know. I, and I don't <laughs> understand why I can't get it because I immensely enjoy the show, but I think it has a lot to do with my time and, and the ability for me to sit down and watch a show like that for 26 episodes is, is kind of daunting, right? I think a part but, of it also is that it's not your typical anime at all. But I, but that's the thing that I enjoy about it. It's, it's, right? it's a little off kilter and all, uh, wacky and stuff like that. Right. Um, the thing about it for me is that coming into Cowboy Bebop was super excited upon, upon seeing the, the opening, which is, is the thing that they showed first um, ahead of time. And the trailer was was a little bit afterwards, but just seeing how they were true to form with that opening was super exciting to me, and it gave me hope that this is this was going to be a really really good adaptation. Watching that first episode, I was very very disappointed. Um, I, I hate to say it, but I actually got bored within that episode. You know, there was there was a really? point in the yeah. middle where it was just like, okay, where are you guys going with this and stuff like that? I wasn't, I'm not too thrilled with Mustaf Shakir's portrayal of Jet Black. Ooh, that's actually my favorite um, part. He, he seems like, it, and this is just me, he seems like he's trying too hard to do a caricature and not trying to make Jet Black his own while still kind of... Um, keeping with what jet black is in the anime and so for that you know it it kind of falls flat for me john Cho's performance as spike spiegel slash fearless again in that first episode wasn't too crazy about it not crazy at all with any of the martial arts scenes any of the fight scenes the choreography for me is horrible okay mm-hmm. which is sad because 
in the show, the animated show, it's one of the best parts, right? I think the big difference there for me also is that in the animated show, one of the things that it informs Spike's actual personality is he's mm-hmm. such a good fighter that it's like fun to him. He's smiling and like he's just blocking. Like and you nuts. get none of that in the Netflix show. Yeah, I, I didn't like that. That's one of the things that I really didn't like because I love the, that. The one thing I will say is Gosh, that they do they do a good job of making you feel like you're in Cowboy Bebop. Like some of the sets and, and just the visual look of it is Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll say that they nail that part. And obviously the music given the fact that they're bringing the composer from the original show, is on point. Mm -hmm. I will say this, and this is where I'm going to disagree a little bit with AJ. I found the second episode a little bit better than the first. That was the Teddy Bomber episode, am I right? Huh? Was that Teddy Bomber episode? Yes. Yeah, okay. I thought it was a little bit more funner, and I thought that the pacing was just a little bit better, but I still fall into the same things where, and, and maybe this is, a reason why so many of the original anime fans um, are not vibing with the show because I'm kind of with you with there where you're like expecting to see the Corgi episode and you don't. And that is like, okay, this is weird, right? Because you're, you're kind of flipping things around here and maybe that's not the best thing, but we haven't seen enough of the show to say, you know what, maybe it works, you know? Um, but like I said, for me, you know, right now, the biggest part that I'm, I'm having trouble with is that it doesn't feel like the characters and I'm not a big fan of either the acting that's being done in portraying these characters. And I'm definitely not a fan of the choreography. All right. Mm. All right. Uh, So you want to give some thoughts, Eli? Yeah, sure. Um, honestly, I I sort of disagree and agree with you guys. Um, I think it's I think we all have mixed feelings on this. Um, I only remember the first episode of Cowboy Bebop, so I can't really tell you much about the story. Mm-hmm. But from as someone who's, I mean, I'm not gonna say not a fan because of course Cowboy Bebop. I love the concept of it, but I haven't gotten around to seeing the actual show. Um, as somebody who doesn't know Cowboy Bebop as well as you guys do. Um, honestly, I found it a little bit slow, at least for me. Mm, I, I don't know Bebop how. Is not, uh, Cowboy Bebop uh, no, is not. kind I'm, of an episode of the week type thing. No, I'm not. It is a yeah. semi-slow paced anime. So No, I'm talking about the, the new one. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Adam, it matches yeah. in that way, though. I, th- I don't think that that's the biggest problem with it. But, but continue. Uh, continue, yes. I, I don't know. It just, it felt like, while... You guys were saying, like, yeah, they're bringing in important stuff early. But, like, I felt like the action, I mean, obviously wasn't hitting. And it was, like, I don't, I just got bored when I saw, like, all of, like, what was supposedly supposed to be suspense and all that. Um, And it was more, what was carrying it was basically just the comedy. That was it. I mean, I didn't find anything else too interesting to, uh, at all, honestly. Um. Yeah, that's all. That's really all. All there is to it for me. I think for for you, it's something that you're gonna have to watch the anime first and like yeah. dig into. Yeah, I I need to do is. that myself. I think also. all of you kind of have to. Anyways. Yeah, I think I think we may pause net the Netflix show for a bit just mm-hmm. to try and get into the anime. You know, um, I I think what what's happening here though, 
is kind of kind of the thing that happened with Game of Thrones in the last season. Game of Thrones in the last season was noticeably worse because it didn't have um, the actual original ad- adaptation material to use, right? So they were basically on their own and, and making their own story. And while not the same thing here with net the Netflix version of Cowboy Bebop, but you're tr- you're trying to take 30 20 minute episodes and elongate them to an hour you know and yeah, i think 40 maybe minutes or something like that either way is that is that what it is yeah it's but i i think yeah i think that's where where you're you're finding you know some of the issues here because you're you're attempting to fill the episode with stuff that wasn't in the original and maybe the people that are actually writing the show don't have a good sense of what Cowboy Bebop was really is and stuff. So I, I, that's that's just a thought that I might have. Let me try to break this down as quickly as I can as a, as someone who's seen the entire anime. I get that similar sense because the thing of it is that that there's a lot of subtlety in the dialogue in the anime. There's a lot of moments where like something that a character says means multiple things. They're not going for that as much in the in the live action show. What they say is what they mean generally there's no context or, or or subtext or anything right. beyond that to what they're saying generally unless it's john cho speaking about the syndicate okay which is in the anime i i understand why they want to use that to flesh out the live action show because it's a big theme in the anime i don't think it was the best choice to use the syndicate as the main as the main purpose of the anime as the main story of the anime because that takes away from uh, i mean i guess we'll see i haven't seen the whole season yet i've only been about two episodes in but that's that takes away from jet black's story and from Faye's story which were of course big and central to the anime even if they weren't as important as spike's story and his story with the syndicate there's a lot of fascinating stuff that they can do with Faye's story and with jet's backstory um Without spoiling it too much, Faye is basically like Fry from Futurama. I'm gonna leave mm-hmm. it at that. Okay, you guys can okay. see more when you actually watch the when you watch the anime. You'll see more about what I mean when I say that. Um, the other thing that I don't like so far, and then I'll get into a couple of things that I do like, and we'll leave it at that, I suppose. The other thing that I don't like so far is so the show, the characters are hitting when it comes to cadence. What I mean by is like they sound like the characters, right? They do sound like the characters. I don't think it's yeah. as bad as Wall said, where it's a caricature. I think they're doing better than than just a caricature because even in some moments, there's a moment where like for as again as an anime fan, there's a moment in like episode two where Spike like sees a, cu- a, a like cup of noodles, and he has this he like wraps his hands around it and he has this face of like of like temptation mm-hmm. like that's a quintessential spike moment from the anime silly but it still informs you about his character and that but was i don't a think moment, we get right i don't think we get enough of that and well, like i said here's the in thing. the second me... episode i thought they were doing a better job of it the first episode i had the real big problem with because well, i i thought they didn't connect the second episode they did a better job of you know kind of connecting those characters to the anime so that's why i said the second episode was still a little bit better here's still the bigger issue here's why i say that it works in cadence right in the delivery but not Mm -hmm. in tone and when i say that here's what i mean spike spiegel in the anime is not a psychopath the the amount of times that he talks about wanting to kill people 
jokes about killing people. All this other stuff that they're doing in the anime or in the live action show, this is the, this is the part that I actually hate the most. Because Spike, Faye might be the closest thing to a sociopath in the anime, but she's not one either. They take no pleasure from killing people. In fact, mm-hmm. many of the episodes in the anime is Spike trying to save someone who's still a bounty. So he's not just going around blasting people in the anime. The fact that he's doing that in the live action show is a huge misstep. That is not at all what Spike's character is about in the anime. I agree. Whew. I mean, he he had he had no connection. Like in the first episode of the anime, you know, with Asimov and that other girl, I forgot what her name is. He he had a connection with that 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 woman, you know, and and that's what made her death at the very end impactful, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like you know what you can tell that he. I didn't get that sense at all in that episode on the netflix series it was like okay yeah she died moving on yeah you know, in the like, anime, there was no there was no not, connection there they, they don't force him to flirt with her in the anime and i think by forcing him to flirt with her here that made it bad in the anime yes. all he's trying to do is get to asimov by using her and then he realizes that she might be in over her head in the anime yep. and that's exactly. how that plays out here and, oh, and then, of course, she reali- he does realize that she's not in over her head. She's fully on board in the anime. Mm-hmm. You don't get those nuances in the live-action show. You don't get yep. that here. And that's where it falls apart. And also, Faye is not in the first episode of the anime. Yeah, she does not show up true. for a few episodes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the fact that they had to have her show up just so she could have an action scene where she fights Spike? No. No good. I do have to disagree. I actually like Mustafa Shakir. He's one of my favorite parts of the show. I think he personifies Jet Black more than the other characters. I am pleasantly surprised by Daniela Pineda because even though I don't like how they introduced her, I think she's actually getting some of the nuances of of Faye right. And even though I like Jet Black's character more, I think they're actually a little bit more accurate so far with Faye's character, the way that they introduced her notwithstanding. Um, And like you said, I think... I think that I really like the special effects in the sets. I think some people said they look campy, they look corny, but that actually is also in line with Cowboy Bebop. The anime yeah. is a little campy. It's a little silly. It's a little corny. Mm-hmm. It, it's personified by segments like that, one at the beginning of episode two with Punch and Judy, the the hot, the big shots where they, yes. the, they have the bounty hunter, the, they show off the bounties. That's a big part of the anime and it's goofy and it's weird and it's silly like that. So some of that stuff they're getting right. Yes, they're getting, and the it's almost like they're, they're getting, getting right. totally everybody but the main characters better. You can't except do for that, vicious. Though. Vicious is awful, and I'll leave. Yeah, I'll you, leave it at that. You can't do that though, because then it takes away from the entire series, and I think that's where we are right now with with Cowboy Bebop Netflix. Is that they're they're getting certain parts on point, but the main thing that you have to get right, they're not. And I think that's the disappointing part of the show. And you know what, as I guess is my closing review, I'm still enjoying it. I'm not hating it. I'm still having fun with it. Yeah. But like, yeah. it has to be said, like, they could have done better, sure. But this is considered one of the greatest anime of all time. It's not going to be easy to reproduce that magic. Just like snap your fingers and all of a sudden the live action Netflix show is great. So yeah, I just wonder if we're treating it harshly just because of that fact that you just mentioned. It's part that- of it. We're 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 looking at it in in the those rose colored eyes 
those rose-colored glasses of the anime and stuff. You know? That's part of it. Uh, I, I wonder if that anime didn't exist, if we would having a, a different set of reactions for the show. I think that we would. I think people would enjoy it more because they wouldn't have anything to base it on and be like, that's not what Spike is like. Mm-hmm. Well, to be honest, yeah, it is enjoyable at best. Mm-hmm. It's enjoyable. Yeah. It's not great. It's not horrible. You but know, it's not, but it's not great either. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like a six or a seven so far, maybe. You know what I mean? It's not a three. No, it ain't a ten. Definitely not. It ain't a ten like Arcane Legends or anything like that. Yeah. Disgusting. <laughs> All right. I think we're. Are we? Are we got any more thoughts on that? Or, we, or should we wrap it up here, gentlemen? I think we're good. Yeah. All right. See you soon, cowboy. No. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sign out like that this week, but I'll do the quick spiel as usual. Again, we're recording remotely. I'm on some Apple AirPods this week, so if any sound issues or artifacts slide into our DMs on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, wherever. You can find us at Get Geek Podcast or Get Geek News. You can hashtag both of those to find everything. All of our websites, all of our social media, our Twitters, everything. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the podcast platforms and of course the best way to support your favorite podcast crews to like, rate, share, subscribe and definitely rate us on Apple Podcasts that'd be number one that's the absolute best way to do that so yeah I suppose yeah man another fun episode let's uh, let's end it out here and I will say see you soon cowboy but I will also say there's nothing else to say beyond that other than stay geeky my friends Arcane Legend sucks. <laughs> <laughs>